Hand me my sword. That's the name of our series that we are doing on the book of Nehemiah. We're in the process of unfolding or extracting eschatology from the Old Testament. We are on number 15 of our Nehemiah series. Today's message is called Dedication of the Wall. Let's face it, there are few things as exciting as attending a dedication service of hard work invested. As I write these words, my mind is flooded with the faces of those who work behind the scenes so that our series, Hand Me My Sword, might flow freely. People you might never know who had a part in this series and its success. My wife, who faithfully supports me, the staff, the editors, transcribers, and others who work to make the series user-friendly to the general public. Each is a great believer but they also were a vital part who classically are unheard of, anonymous individuals. Each one, however, was a great contributor to the overall success of our project. Let's take a look at our overview for today. Number one, the unsung heroes. There are many workers in God's kingdom that simply do not have the spotlight put on them, while most of the people who enjoy the spotlight of ministry oftentimes are the ones that have to put up with the distresses, difficulties, and trials that come with being in the spotlight. Number two, God never overlooks the works of the common worker. Number three, God honors the non-spotlight workers. In fact, Scripture proves to us that these are the ones He honors the most. Number four, God watches for those who refuse to be sluggish. That is His main objective. He's not interested in elevating someone's fame. He's interested in elevating his workers who are willing to do the work without getting the credit. Number five, the Lord eagerly rewards those who wish to inherit the promises. Let's review our scripture for today out of Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 9 through 12. And it says this But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and the things that accompany salvation, which we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered, and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, so as to realize the full assurance of hope 
until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through the faith and patience inherit the promises. Now let's look at God Knows the Anonymous. While the norm is the primary leader is the one who receives the credit, this is not how God functions. As in our story, Nehemiah was the brunt of distress, difficulties, and persecution. The Lord designs leaders to bear up when suffering unjustly. Those who never reach the spotlight can do their job without the worry of processing the attention that comes with being in the spotlight. However, relax. You are not anonymous to God. This introduces the secondary primary fact every labor done in love is remembered by God. It's never overlooked or forgotten. Let's face it, though. The flesh of humanity enjoys the the limelight usually offered by those who are in charge. However, few can handle the responsibility of such self-glory. That's a fact. Faithfulness does not need to be rewarded. Faithfulness does, however, expect an applause from the Creator, not by gratification, but rather in honor and loyalty. We must remember our third truth, that when workers give credit to their leaders, they quickly give credit to workers who made them successful. The cycle is self-rewarding. Now let's look at dedicating the wall In our passage today, the people have gathered to dedicate the recently completed wall. The city is slowly beginning to take shape with signs of progress, new homes, new businesses, and the whole gamut of Jerusalem's new successes. However, this doesn't excuse that times were still difficult for them. But as any quality leader knows, stopping to celebrate existing successes is needed to ignite the excitement of future progress. Now looking at never stopping the singing. Ephesians 5 chapter 18 through 21 tells us this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dispensation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Scriptures tell us that God inhabits the praise of his people. If you want God close by, sing praises to him. Anytime he hears praises sung out before the living God, before the living throne, before the living Christ, 
he will inhabit these places. Now the Jewish people back in Nehemiah's time may have found this a little bit new, but they caught on rather quickly. Now let's take a look at this secret to their joy. Joy is never dependent on happiness, and joy is dependent on the strength of the Lord, meaning it does not depend upon outward circumstances, but upon inward strength and focus. However, if joy is dependent on circumstances, it isn't true joy, it's happiness, which comes and goes with the winds of doctrines. Therefore, the first immediate point we need to review in looking back at Ephesians in chapter 4 is where we are encouraged to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Paul's topic here is God's forgiveness is our example of forgiveness. Be ye followers of God, or follow the example that God has established for us in forgiveness. The Bible does have the keys to good mental focus. A very important thing for mental focus is a forgiving spirit. If you are holding bitterness or animosity in your heart towards someone else, that bitterness will do you a lot more harm than to the harm that it will do to someone you're not choosing to forgive. The Bible constantly emphasizes the importance of forgiving and being forgiven. Just to have a forgiving spirit when Jesus was giving to the disciples the model of prayer incorporated into that prayer was and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Accepting Christ's forgiveness and the acknowledgement that we have received forgiveness or that we ourselves must be forgiven becomes the absolute key in living victoriously with one another throughout the body of Christ and even with strangers. There's always been a great mystery regarding forgiveness when Jesus himself says, For if you will not forgive men of their trespasses against you, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Forgiveness is a key in respects to being able to stand on the wall and praise with a fellow believer, to stand unified and worship the living God together as one unit. In fact, Forgiveness is probably the golden key to making all of this work in all times of celebration. Let's review our four points of victory. Number one, anonymous. God honors the anonymous. Those are people who do not wish to have their name in the spotlight. They simply want to commit to completing the work that God set before them. Number two, dedication. Dedicating God's work is what seals God's work in heaven. 
Number three, singing. Who you sing to confesses who gets the credit. That's the beauty of singing praise and worship unto the Father, is it directs all the attention to the one who is to receive all the glory for the work that has been accomplished. Finally, number four, joy. True joy is the evidence of true strength. The word even tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, there's no truer words than that. In conclusion, it is safe to say that the Jews laughed on the wall as they rejoiced over God's provision. They sang together and their joy flooded the hillside so all could hear and be glad. Had their circumstances changed? No, they had changed, and so did the land of Jerusalem. Coming up next is our final message, and it's called The Final Reform. The story of Nehemiah is remarkable. Nehemiah was a remarkable person. He was commissioned by the Lord. He was anointed by the Lord. And he was given special gifts to be able to carry forward probably one of the most difficult tasks mentioned in the Old Testament. He simply was an honorable man. I like him. I like his spirit. I like his spunk. I like his dedication to God, his commitment. It would be fun meeting him, which I look forward to someday to sit under a tree and have a detailed discussion with him on many of the questions that went through my mind as we conducted this study on Nehemiah. Until next time. just a boy when I came here. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise and bring you back to this land. Who are you, old man? I am Daniel. I seek to tell you a story. A tale of four kings. One great, one foolish, one who was deceived and one who is destined to be regarded as wise for all the ages of the world to come. During those many years, we were living in a foreign land, speaking a foreign language and living under a foreign king. My king, I've heard of this man. For you, Lord, are righteous, yet we rebelled against your command. Jerusalem has sinned greatly as punishment. We shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. 70 years is a long time. King's executioner will be in the chamber. If you are found unworthy, you will be executed on the spot. You dare to defy me. Let the furnace be heated sevenfold. Find them and cast them into the fire. 
Babylonian way of conquest. You take away the leaders, and the rest can easily be governed. The Lord God will strike you down like an enemy. Anyone who prays to any god or man shall be thrown into the lion's den. Why did I consult you before passing that accursed law? Take him away! Why has the king issued such a harsh decree? Am I now to kill my most faithful subject? I call upon your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. Hear my plea. Redeem my life. What we need to promise is to always love our God and be obedient to Him. Have faith, my brothers.